Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Oh, yeah. Hour number three. If you've missed any of this, hit that Odyssey app, the rewind feature. Check out all the great guests we've had today. We've talked about the MLB spring trainings upon us, broke down the AL East. Uh, we've talked about uh, who is going to be the MVP of the NFL because it's never too early to get into that stuff so all you can find that at the odyssey app hit the rewind button of course our betql uh daily podcast drops right after the show catch up and everything and of course make that money with some great bets good stuff coming up in this hour we've got our guy isaac trotter yes from 24 7 he's a national basketball uh national college basketball writers for 24 7 we bring him in now and isaac my brother listen my NIL alumni money for, for Creighton University. I bought many a shoelaces for these guys on their shoes. That's about all yeah. that's about how far my dollars go. I got the Jays tonight, my Creighton Blue Jays at home against the unanimous number one Yukon Huskies. And as Ric Flair would say, to be the man, you have got to beat the man. Are the Blue Jays gonna be the man tonight? I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. This is a good spot for Creighton. You know, I think UConn coming off that emotional, big, huge win against Marquette. If we've learned anything in college basketball, it's that like, hey, you have a great win. That next game is not going to be super easy. I think of that Kansas game, right? They beat Houston. Hey, man, Kansas's A game is back. Like, look at this team. Then they go on the road. They play a tough team in Kansas State, and they lose two days later. Like, that's kind of life in college basketball this year. And I, I think, you know, Sometimes we have to zoom out to and, and just look at just the matchup on the floor. This is a, a Creighton team that I went back and watched their game against UConn from the first time, and they got phys- out physical. They got out toughed in that game, gave up a ton of offensive rebounds. But I thought they got great looks from three. So in order to prep for this, I, I went back and I, I counted it. I did a little bit of uh, I did a little bit of checking on it. They shot 26 threes. I, you know, I graded 18 of them as open against UConn in the first matchup. I thought they got great looks from three. 18 threes open for one of the best shooting teams in college basketball. 
I think I'm going to be on Creighton tonight and you could get them at plus two and a half plus three and a half in certain spots. If you want to sprinkle the money line, I think that's totally fair. Like I, I think they have a really good opportunity to get into the paint, spray it out to a lot of really good shooters. And this UConn team is great. And I'm not dissing UConn at all, but on the road where Creighton can shoot it really well. I also thought that Creighton defended UConn pretty well last game as well, held them to about one point per possession, which was like the second worst performance that UConn's had all year. UConn's a wagon offensively, and they struggled against Creighton. And Creighton, why? Like Creighton's shot profile defensively forces you to take just a ton of those mid-range twos. That's not what UConn wants to do. Like they really don't want to take those shots. They had to take a few more of those than they wanted to against Creighton in the first matchup. So those are kind of the angles that I'm attacking for this group. Long story short, I think Creighton plus three and a half is a bet for me. I think Creighton money line is a bet for me. I think they're going to find a way to get it done at home and they need a signature win. And, and UConn is the best team in college basketball, but I, I don't think they're like completely like, just never going to lose ever again. And I think it's a good spot for Creighton tonight. My man. Let's go to the other side, a team that we might think might never win again in uh, in SEC competition. And that's Missouri. Home dogs getting 11 and a half against Tennessee. Tennessee obviously trying to break into that next tier. Um, definitely a dangerous team. How do you see this one playing out? The angle with me for Missouri all year has been attacking them on the glass. Uh, they're one of the worst rebounding teams in college basketball, one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in college basketball. I think they're 355th in offensive rebounding so far nationally. So for me, it's Jonas Adu over seven and a half rebounds. He's the starting center for Tennessee. He's hit this number in big time games. And I, I went back and looked at it seven straight games. The opposing center has hit over seven and a half rebounds against Missouri. If you can offensive rebound, you can cruise over that. And part of me, I think this number is a little bit lower because he's been lined at seven and a half basically all year. I, I think some people are wondering if he's going to get his full minutes allotment if Tennessee just beats the doors off of off of Missouri and maybe he only plays 22 minutes. I think that's maybe why it's seven and a half. But I think I'm going to ride with it just because on the road, you maybe trust Missouri to stick around a little bit longer, help him to get into his rotation. And if he plays his regular normal minutes allotment, if he gets that 28, 29 minute mark, it's going to be hard for him not to hit over seven and a half rebounds just with, with this matchup and, and how, you know, untrustworthy Missouri is on the glass. Yeah. You know, we, we've, it's been such a narrative, right? Ranked teams against on the road, losing uh, to unranked teams. And so that narrative fits a little bit of a different narrative. It's, 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 it's kind of what Elvis used to say, take this pill. It's like vitamins, except different. Um, San Diego state 19th ranked, but they are on the road as dogs to Utah State. Uh, you know, San Diego State getting two and a half. You liking this? The Mountain West, surprisingly good. You know, we've talked about it before. They could get six teams in. You like the Aggies laying two and a half against a ranked uh, San, Diego State, uh, San Diego State Aztec team? I do. Yeah, I think this is a good spot for Utah State as well. I'm not a big trends guy. I don't use that as part of my handicapping. But when I find a number that serves my narrative, I'm going to use it, right? Utah State 7-3 and three at home against spread this year. So that's something that I, I think is interesting. Home teams at home in Mountain West play has kind of been like a pretty 
basic staple all year long. If you've been betting home favorites, you're probably winning. If you're betting the home team in Mountain West play, you're probably doing pretty well. I don't have the exact updated numbers on that, but that's been a trend for different parts of the year. And then just from the matchup perspective, I think Utah State has the size and the guard play to you know live up to the pressure that San Diego State's going to bring to you. This is a, also just a matchup of two outstanding bigs. Great Osabar has been phenomenal for Utah State this year, one of the best transfers in college basketball. And Jaden Ledee, he's built like a brick house. Like he puts up huge numbers in the weight room. You can just tell he's just chiseled. It's a it's a going to be a big time war, but give me the home team. And don't overlook this. Utah State hates San Diego State, like hates them. Like this is not like this is not some like normal, just another Mountain West game. Like they despise this team. And so I think that's going to play into it tonight. That arena is going to be completely juiced up. Utah State needs this one to continue to buff up their resume. I think, I mean, right now they're playing for seed line. They're not necessarily playing to make the tournament. They're playing for seed line. Obviously, Mountain West Championship is on the line as well, too, with the just, I think they have seven teams within one game of first place. It's unbelievable. So, but I'll ride with Utah State. Give me that two and a half. Let's go to the Big 12. TCU heads to Lubbock, take on Texas Tech, who have been a tough, tough out at five and a half here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I don't think I can, I don't think, I think this is a stay away for me. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where I think that Texas Tech is a talented group, but right now Warren Washington has been up in the air with an injury. Uh, he hurt his toe. Now they thought that he broke it. He ended up just spraining his toe. That's a big loss for them. Now he didn't play last time against Iowa State. We'll see if he can play tonight. I'm hesitant on that. It seemed like it was going to be a little bit longer, but you'll just have to watch the reports for that. And that that changes them a lot, right? Their backup big men are really young, really inexperienced. They've had moments. They're starting to get a little bit better this year, but their on-off splits with uh, Warren Washington on the floor have been phenomenal. They really, you know, they're, they shoot just a lot of jumpers when he's on the bench. They don't have any other rim pressure. So when you're playing jump shot roulette against TCU, that's a little bit scary. Uh, a really, really good defensive team. So I think it's a stay away for me. But if Warren Washington plays, I'll probably be on Texas Tech side. I think they're the better team. I think they can get after TCU a little bit. Um, even though they're a little bit younger, I like the skill that they play with. I love the shooting. They had an injury early in the year to Devin Cambridge. That ended up being a little bit of a blessing in disguise for them just because they've been able to play Kerwin Walton and Chance McMillian more. Those two dudes are like complete net shredders. Like they are big time shot makers. And Texas Tech is it can have like those moments, especially at home, where they can really get it going from three. And this is a TCU team that they struggle to score if you don't turn it over. And if you keep them off the offensive glass, like they can be forced into some, you know, rougher offensive stretches. Talking to Isaac Trotter, national basketball college basketball writer for 24-7 sports. And and Isaac, I guess uh, looking forward a little a little bit, um, we saw some teams that had been thought of highly struggle and sort of kind of panned a little bit. We saw Kentucky take care of business on the road at Auburn. Uh, Wisconsin was among the top 16 teams seeded by the committee before Saturday's games. Now they're out of the top 25. They're at home tonight, maybe trying to get well. Is this a good time to try to to dump on some Wisconsin futures or some Wisconsin games moving forward uh, to maybe sometimes you win by losing and maybe they have started to figure this out. They got, they got a, what they would, what I would call a, a nice easy victory tonight against Maryland. Yeah, this is a interesting spot. I think uh, seven and a half is a lot in a game. You kind of expect it to be a low possession, grind it, gritty out, like grind it out, gritty game, like 
it's going to be a slugfight. Like I'd be stunned if there's not teeth on the floor. Both of these teams are going to go at each other. They're going to, it's just going to be like that. One of those type of brawls, but I just have a hard time backing Wisconsin from a futures perspective. You know, I understand it. They have a lot of guys coming back. They had a really nice start to the season. You know, AJ store has been nice to them, but every time I watch them, they just keep me wanting a little bit more. You know, they give up a lot of shots at the rim teams finish at the rim really well. That scares me a bit when you can't take away the easiest shot in basketball, a layup or a dunk that that scares me a little bit. And Wisconsin struggles with that on the defensive end and offensively, it feels like they're, you know, AJ store is a great piece for them and they needed it, but they still feel like one piece away. Now, maybe they get back to shooting it from three at a high level. They've struggled to shoot it um, at times. And maybe they, you know, start to see Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall get things back together. But I I would stay away from that seven and a half tonight. If anything, if you really want something to look at it, you could potentially look at Tyler Wall overs. You're probably looking at solo coverage against guys he's a little bit bigger than tonight. He's played well. Lately, they're trying to get him the ball more to make up for some of the offensive struggles at other spots. But I just don't think a side or total for me is a, is a good spot against a Maryland team that I think is really talented and is going to play tough and going to play hard. And they tend to just play these two possession games. I feel like you're going to be just hoping you're on the right side of free throw variance in the last second if you're betting that seven and a half for Wisconsin. It's going to come down to the last minute and it's going to be a nine point game and Maryland's going to have the ball needing to make a shot. It doesn't sound super fun for me tonight. Isaac, I'm going to go back to the Big 12. Two ranked teams uh, going head-to-head here, Baylor and BYU. BYU laying four and a half points. Um, tell me what your thoughts are on this game. And just I want to, if you have a minute, just Baylor overall, like what you think of them kind of like, you know, heading down the stretch here. Yeah, this is a, a really interesting angle for me where BYU all year long, if they shoot over 35% from three, they win. And if they don't, they lose. So they go to Oklahoma State last on Saturday. If they don't shoot over 35% from three, they lose. That's how it is. At home, juiced up environment against a Baylor defense that's struggled at times to defend the three and can sometimes get lost in rotation. BYU is set up to have a pretty solid night. So I'd be surprised if they don't take care of business at home. Big picture, though, for Baylor – they're another one of those teams where they're they're counting on two freshmen to really play well. Like Jacoby Walter has to be awesome, and Eves Missy has to play awesome for for Baylor to really reach that ceiling. And early in the year, I was kind of fading them. I didn't have them ranked inside my top twenty five teams. I didn't think that they were going to be one of the better teams in college basketball. And they've started to prove me wrong a little bit early in the season. They had some nice wins. Then Big Twelve play hits, and it's still iffy. I think my overall vibe on them is I've gotten a little bit more in on them because of the shot making the shot making plays you know I I think that when you got guys like Walter and then you have Jalen Bridges and then you have Jaden Nunn who can pop for 30 and Langston loves another guy when he gets healthy he can go for 27 points we've seen that I like teams like that and so overall Mm -hmm. for me I think my hesitancy with Baylor is like yeah they their defensive numbers aren't great you know they got freshmen in big spots that's scary in March because you don't really want to rely on the young guys in a college basketball age that has fifth year seniors six year seniors playing but this is a really talented team and they can score and they got one of the better coaches in college basketball too, that has done just enough to make them, they were a train wreck defensively last year. They're not a train wreck. They're like a mediocre train wreck. They're just like a, they're just solid enough defensively to, to pass it across, to, to pass it off and make up for mm-hmm. it with a, with an offense that can really have some juice. 
Isaac, I want we we get we give we have given Houston and deservingly so a lot of love uh, on this show after they went out and and knocked around Iowa State. But I want to I want to stay on the Cyclone side of it. Listen, they were up until this game, they were a sexy pick, Final Four. You know, some people had their tickets at thirty to one to win the national championship. They're actually at twenty to one despite the loss now to win the national championship. Um, where do where does Iowa State sit in your in your eyes now after this loss? I mean, it's one game, you know. And sometimes I've always said, you know, winning losing helps winning. Real quick, in about a minute, tell us about Iowa State and wh- how you see them moving forward. They're Houston light to me. They do everything that Houston does on a different level. And you know, I think if you're banking on Iowa State right now for 21, 20 to one, that isn't horrible. That's not really a horrible number at all. I understand it because I was impressed with them. All year long, I've been waiting for the the wheels to fall off with this group, and it, they just don't. TJ Otzelberger is a great coach. Every single year, he is getting the most out of this group. This roster has no business being this good, and Otzelberger is <laughs> a huge part of it. Like He is awesome at his job, one of the best coaches in the country, and Taman Lipsy's not even healthy right now. I think he looked really, you know, he was hobbled a little bit yesterday. So if they get their point guard healthy and rolling back in March, I like this team. I really do. Even though they keep, I keep thinking like they're, the wheels are going to fall off with them. They keep proving me wrong. And they got one of the best coaches in college basketball and they play defense really, really well. I, I like that team. They they are really, really a fun watch. Yeah, you know, ain't no party like an Ames party. We know that. It's Isaac Trotter, National College Basketball Writer for 27 Sports. You can find him at Isaac underscore Trotter. Still plenty to get after here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We've got GTFO or, oh yeah, Kentucky. You believing them as a Final Four team? We'll get after it next. Always a good day to talk about some fights, right? UFC 298 was a hit down in Southern California at Anaheim. Uh, Ilya Topuria, Spain has themselves a champion. Uh, Volkanovski, one of the great featherweights of all time, went down. Second straight fight, he gets knocked out. Uh, girl Mackenzie Dern took a beating, so we're always rooting for Mackenzie Dern to come back. And it's always good to talk fights with my guy, Mark, Mark Drumheller here. So, Mark, uh, UFC continues because it, it, it never stops. It's every week. Not a pay-per-view this week, so that's always good on the budget. Uh, they go to Mexico City, so very, you know, there's going to be some flavor, un poquito de sabor, as we like to say. Uh, the headline and the co-main are rematches. Uh, let's start with the co-main first. It's Jair Rodriguez, uh, El Pantera, the who is Mexican against Brian Ortega, Mexican roots, but he's American from San Pedro, California. Interesting fight here because they they fought before and it ended in, in first round TKO because Ortega ended up hurting his shoulder and he hasn't fought, you know, in like a year and a half, almost two years, my friend. I mean, even longer. Yeah, so that, that's what makes it a tough handicap. And the last time these guys fought, which was, I believe, 2022 possibly, um, the odds were flipped, right? Here, you know, you have Rodriguez around the buck seventy-five favorite. Ortega was right in that range as the favorite, you know, closing going into that fight. So we're seeing the odds flip, and it's basically because of Ortega's inactivity, right? You know, yeah, Rodriguez submitted Josh Emmett, you know, fought Volkanovski, fell, fell to him um, in his title bid. But – 
the, the challenge with backing Ortega in this spot is, you know, his last win was 2020 against the Korean zombie. Like 2020 is a long time ago. Like we're in 2024 right. now. And if you just right. look, if you go back to 2017, um, you know, Brian Ortega's wins since 2017 are the Korean zombie, Cub Swanson, and a 37-year-old Frankie Edgar. And nobody likes Frankie Edgar more than me, but that was the beginning of the end of Frankie Edgar's great career. So you were talking three wins since 2017. Um, it's tough to back a fighter in this spot. I think the odds are relatively reasonable, but I'm probably going to be looking at some of the props in this matchup. But I think this is tough. I mean, Ortega just so inactive and coming off a major injury. I think it's going to be a tough spot. Yeah, and now the, the one thing I have learned from the fight business, I, I come from more of the boxing world, You're, you, you definitely mm-hmm. are more of the MMA world, is that sometimes time off isn't the worst thing in the world for a fighter mm-hmm. but this feels like it's too much time off okay this is almost this is almost like borderline retirement you know this is like you could have been into the hall of fame already in a sport you know in, in other sports so ortega and, and again his story is such a wild one i mean he, he had a very public breakup with his girlfriend who was mm-hmm. an who was also an mma uh, fighter and 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 yair who is mexican it's in mexico city it's going to be a lot to, to handle and you know i, I love yair he's, he's He's, he's got such flair, so it'll be an interesting. And then the main event, another rematch, It's and they even have the same names. It's Brandon Moreno, who is the number one rated flyweight against Brandon Royval, who is the number three. You know, obviously implications are, are, are afoot here. Uh, and, and, and again, the Mexican Moreno against the, 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 the U.S. fighter or Royval, how do you handicap that? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, so this is one where, you know, Moreno, a minus 275 favorite, which I think might be a little bit wide. Uh, You know, when you look at Moreno in just his recent career, like these guys fought, you know, uh, back in 2020 as well. And, you know, Moreno was able to knock uh, Roy Val out, but 
since then, he's fought the quadrilogy with Davidson Figueredo. So he fought him four times. He fought Kai Car France. Um, one of the interesting things we need to keep in mind is these guys are fighting in elevation. And, uh, you know, John Kelly over at Fight Numbers did some outstanding work just looking back the last 10 years and how that impacts fights. And in the flyweight division, there's 5% more decisions historically than um, at elevation than not. You would think guys get tired, you know, they gas out, but these flyweights, they, they can fight for days. And it actually, you see a reduction in finishes and you see more decisions. That may be a way to look. If you look at Brandon Marino in his, his recent history, last four wins have come inside the, the distance. When he's gone to the cards, that, those when that's when his two losses occurred. So it hasn't gotten the benefit of the doubt from the judges. Um, so I wonder if there might be just a little bit of value here um, in either taking the fight to go to decision or looking at the underdog um, in Royville. Marino is one of my favorite fighters, but it's just I feel like he has the tools here to where if he can utilize his grappling uh, and take that path, I think he has a huge advantage. But uh, if he just wants to end up, you know, swinging and trading with, you know, Roy Val for five rounds, I think it could get a little bit dicey. Yeah. And then, so to, so this is not a pay-per-view, it's a fight night. And then comes UFC 299, which is in my neck of the woods down in Miami, which is, which is already looking to be a very stacked card. We're very excited. It's O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera two, And then comes UFC 300, which was supposed to be this mega card. It's in Vegas. It's in the home of the UFC. And the main events announced, and we were just kind of like, huh? Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, really? That's the main event that we're getting. And listen, it's going to be an outstanding fight. Like, you know, Hill versus Pierre is going to be, you know, an incredible fight. But I just feel like the buildup that we heard towards you know, UFC 300, it almost feels like they had some plans and those plans went sideways. You almost wonder if Conor McGregor was supposed to be a part of that. And then, you know, he, he obviously he's been in limbo forever. I don't know what their initial plans were for this card, but it does seem like a little bit of an unassuming main event. Now it's going to be an incredible card. It's stacked. You know, you got Gustin Gaethje and Max Holloway. You got really good fights in the matchup, but just seems like for UFC 300, and all the buildup, it, it does seem like the main event's a little underwhelming. Hill coming off the injury, uh, so it's it's hard to kind of figure out what to expect there. But it does. It just seems like a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, listen, no disrespect. It's for the light heavyweight title. It's Alex Pereira, Jamal Hill. But again, we, I mean, we had heard McGregor. We had heard Adesanya. We had heard even yeah. Volkanovski was like, hey, if I win, I'm, I'll, I'll defend it again at 300. We heard George St. Pierre was going to come back. We heard Dan Cormier was going to, we heard, you know, all these wild rumors and maybe we fell for it. But at the end of the day, you make the fights you can make. So it, people will still watch it. But for it being such a tentpole milestone event, I wouldn't be surprised if something gets added or, or turned in here at the last minute when people figure this out, Mark. Yeah, that's the hardest part because when it's a when you're when it's a tentpole event like that, like you can't move it. Like it's got to fit in that time frame. You know, it's already scheduled. So now you have to find the fighters that you know can be able to fight on that card. And, and maybe that had to do with it. Maybe scheduling kind of threw things off. And again, it's going to be a fantastic card. I can't wait. You know, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a ton of great fights. But I just feel like people wanted a little more oomph in the main event. 
and, and you know, yeah, light heavyweight championship fights always going to be awesome. But I, I just feel like it was a little bit underwhelming from that perspective. Yeah, like it, it's it's one of those like I, I looked at it as remember when like ESPN first got Monday Night Football and they would be like, yeah, we got the we got the Niners and we got you yeah. know the Patriots, but they always played like somebody that you wouldn't necessarily want them to watch. It wasn't like a great like Holly Holmes on the card, but okay, you know, and and, and okay, sure. But at the same time, it's like, who's Holly Holm going to fight? Jim Miller's on the card. Okay, yeah, but okay, cool. But, you know, Figueredo's on the card. But it's, ah, okay, sure. So I think people will show up. I think I think we may get another fight out of this, but it, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting situation now that you Well, here's a question for you, Jim. Like, I think what we could be headed for is the card is going to outperform the expectation, right? Which is, you know, a promoter you kind of want, you know? And I, I think we're so used to these – big events in the UFC or big cards where it's like, Hey, the expectation, you know, we have all these big names, we have these exciting fights and then the fights sometimes don't live up to it. I think this could be the opposite. I think this could be a card where we go into it a little like underwhelmed, like, Hey, maybe it doesn't have the fights or the matchups that we expected for such a massive event, you know, being UFC 300. And I, but I think there's some really, really good cards. Like even the Aljamain Sterling, Calvin Cater, like the, even some of the undercard fights are, are going to be really awesome. So I think it could be that situation where, you know, when it's all said and done, we're going to be like, wow, this is a great event. But the lead up into it might not be right. as, uh, you know, right. grand as we wanted. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then doubling back real quick, just, you, you know, UFC 299 here in Miami, which is in March, uh, you know, it's, it's Sean O'Malley against, against uh, Cheeto Vera, you know, that's a great, that's a great fight. And I think you need to keep it in Miami because for as much as these fights are global at the same time, mm -hmm. you, they, it's still a local event and you need to get, especially in Miami, the last UFC here was so successful because it had a very local Miami flair, you know, Masvidal was on the card. Uh, and I think you need a guy like, like, like Chito Vera, who's, who's Ecuadorian, South American to really draw in that South American fan base uh, out here in Miami. So it'll be, by the way, these tickets are ridiculous. These UFC tickets. I know they're expensive, but welcome to Miami. Are, Indeed, I, they're White. coming to Woo! They're coming to Atlantic City at the end of March, and and they they were landing. I think the last time, I think I know Frankie Edgar was on the card. They came to Atlantic City. It was like three or four years ago. I, I forget the exact date, but um, I do feel like the tickets are are much much more expensive this time around. I was surprised. Yeah, they're in a big building. They're you know they're in the Caseya Center where the Heat play. You know, twenty five thousand, mm -hmm. four fifty, way up at the top, four fifty. So all yeah. I said, that pay per view, yep. that pay per view is a bargain now, right? All right, so GTFO <laughs> or oh yeah, let's bring in our man Mario. Get some topics here to see which ones that we will say. Shut the front door. Get GTFO on that or oh yeah, I like that. Hit me, Mario. Mm -hmm. All right, GTFO or oh yeah, on a great Tuesday, February 20th, pretty warm in Chicago, so hey, can't complain. Start off, GTFO or oh yeah, avoid Dodger futures in 2024. Look, the hype train is here. Get on board or get off. And a lot of people are like him uh, to win the World Series, win the division. They're minus 600 right now to even win the NL West. So I ask you, J-Rod, GTFO or oh yeah, avoid the Dodgers futures in 2024 because the public's on them. And uh, they've kind of tended to disappoint the past two years. Listen, as a rabid Dodger fan, it, it's one of those, 
I've been a long suffering Dodger fan. I mean, they've made, they made the playoffs every year for a dozen years and yet one world series championship, two more appearances. Uh, I, I, you know, 103 and a half. That just to me is too many wins. I think they'll get there. The one that I would jump on that winning the division is not a value bet to me, Mookie bets winning the MVP. That to me is a future bet I would make because I think the numbers that Mookie bets is going to put up in an outfield market, especially going up against a Ronald Acuna, are going to look a little short, right? It's going to look like Altuve and Judge standing at second base, even though they're great numbers. But I think Mookie Betts as a second baseman, when those metrics get uh, flushed out all of a sudden, you're going to be talking historical numbers for second baseman. So I think Mookie at MVP is something I would roll with. Mark, what do you think? Um, I, I, I think the numbers on the Dodgers are probably inflated. Like when we're talking from a futures perspective, so win total, and I think World Series winner, I would probably lay off. I'd probably look a little further down the board. Um, if I'm going to bet the Dodgers, what I'll look to do is let let's let a month get by and see what those win total numbers look like. See if you can bet them live during the season because lots of changes in LA, lots of new players, lots of adjustments getting acclimated. So they might not get off to the start that everybody expects. And then you might be able to hop into the, you know, in-season market and get some really good prices. All right, really quickly, we have about 90 seconds for this next one. GTFO or oh, yeah. Blake Snell, Jake Hassan's favorite player in the MLB, uh, would be a perfect fit for Baltimore. I ask you, J-Rod, does it make sense for the NLSI Young winner to go to Baltimore and, hey, help win a title? I would say GTFO because I think the Orioles, for as much as they are into spending money now, they're not really into spending money. They're doing this with a lot of young kids. Blake Snell is going to come with a huge price tag, and I don't think the rejuvenated Baltimore ownership is going to want to spend $200, $210, 230000000 million for a Blake Snell. I think they ha- they're happy with what they got. I think they're going to get their pieces back. It's a 162-game season. I'm going to say GTFO. I agree with him. I'm going to say GTFO too. I think the culture at Baltimore was one of the things that kind of propelled them to make that leap this year. You bring in a guy like Blake Snell, how does he fit within that culture in the team environment, comes in, making all that money. I think it could disrupt, you know, what they're doing. So I would say GTFO as well. Yeah, good stuff with that. I mean, I think the Orioles, trust me, they got their their work cut out for them, but I think they're, it's it's their division to lose. I think the Yankees, though, I think the Yankees, especially if Blake goes to New York, now you're talking. I think the Yankees, you know, I think Aaron Boone, you know, they're savages. They're savages. Final break here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Lightning bets. We rolled the board on hockey last night. What are we going to do today? Come on back. Always a good time with my guy, Mark Drumheller. I'm Jim Rodriguez. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Great show today. Again, go to that Odyssey app, hit the rewind feature, get all the segments from today. And, of course, as soon as we're done here, 
we will hit that podcast, get caught up on all the good stuff. Listen, Mark, yesterday we did pretty well with some hockey. Three and zero for me on the ice. You know, even took a plump a minus two and a half puck line uh, for the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. You know, had the over in that Stars Bruins game. Needed a shootout to do it, and of course Edmonton in Arizona puck line win, nice and easy. So let's keep it going. How'd you do last night on the ice? I did good. I mean, overall, I think. I mean, I was betting a ton of games. I was betting some stuff live. It was kind of crazy. Um, I went like five and seven, but I hit a plus on nine thirty four money line parlay. Uh, I had the Wings, the Ducks, the uh, it was the Oilers and the Knights. That came out to 934. So that kind of saved my day. I ended up up close to five units, uh, you know, after hitting that. You know, like I said, on the total sides, we gave some back. But uh, it was definitely a nice day. I had fun, man. It was nice getting hockey all day like that. Yeah, since yesterday was a holiday, it kind of snuck up on us. There was a ton of Mm -hmm. afternoon hockey. Which, which which was always fun to watch. So, listen, I'm starting to slowly get into this. Uh, I'm starting to get the juice. I'm starting to get the – that's it, man. I'm starting to get into that hockey thing. My buddy Denny Wolf, who's a, who's, a, who's a big yinzer from Pittsburgh, Chris Mack would appreciate that as well. He's been trying to get me into hockey. And, listen, I'm from two hockey towns. I'm from L.A., you know, Stanley Cup champion Kings, and then down here in South Florida with the Panthers. You know, as long as the Florida Panthers so don't get that president. That's it. That's that's a that's a hockey hotbed, my friend. Forget Philly, forget New York, forget Canada, <laughs> LA and LA and South Florida. Those are your hockey hotbeds. All right, so uh, that's it. it uh, we, we we call them slushies out here. All right, so so Mark, let's start with you. Give me some lightning bets. What are you liking today? All right, so today we're going to go two hockey and we're going to go one college basketball. And college basketball, it might sound square. I don't care. I'm laying the points with Tennessee against Missouri. I think Missouri showed a little bit of effort against Ole Miss. I don't think they're just going to be able to hang around in this game. So I'm going to lay the 11.5 points. Even if it's 12, I like it. I think Tennessee just steamrolls Missouri um, and, and covers this one pretty easily. Missouri's lost a ton of games this year by margin, 15, 20 points. I don't think it's going to be a problem for the Vols. And then we're going to go to the ice, right? We got we got to get back into it. Um, I like the Rangers on the money line um, at minus 130, taking on the Dallas Stars. Stars off a tough game against the Bruins last night. I think the Rangers will be able to uh, have an advantage on the power play, take advantage of the Stars' penalty kill. Uh, might see a little bit Jonathan Quick in there, but – um, that's okay. The Rangers have done a great job when he's been in net as well. So um, I like the Rangers. We're going to play them on the money line. Minus 125 we're showing right now at BetMGM. I think that's a bet. And then we're going to wrap things up um, with a little bit of an underdog play. I like Vancouver tonight, plus 126. The Canucks embarrassing, embarrassing loss last night to the Wild, or yesterday to the Wild, letting up 10 goals in that 10-7 matchup. Um, this is the best road team in Vancouver again against the best home team in Colorado. And I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the Canucks on the money line. I think they go in there and they win. They get the job done. So uh, I like Vancouver here. I think today, nice, nice, nice shooting there, my friend. I think today I'm going to be more of the contrarian better. I think sometimes you've just got to go against the grain. 
and you know and hopefully you come out of it on top especially getting some of that pixie dust that i had yesterday on the ice so let's start let's start on, on the hardwood first let's start a little college basketball and i know it's dangerous because i went to creighton but give me those blue jays at home getting three and a half against yukon listen yukon has got to slip up eventually yukon has got to lose and why not in omaha it's a tough place to play you know the blue jays actually have been able to match up well with them maybe get yukon to play a different kind of style where they have to start hitting those mid-range jumpers i like creighton getting three and a half and if i'm gonna get a little crazy i won't put a lot on it maybe a little money line blue jays as well also in the hardwood love utah state laying two and a half at home against 19th ranked san diego state we, we talked about it on the show those two schools hate each other actually more utah hating on san diego you can imagine why but utah hating on san diego i'll take uh, the aggies laying two and a half at home uh, in that one and then on the ice the, down here in south florida the panthers have been on fire right best in the east they've won five in a row they've won nine of their last ten so they've got to be set up for a letdown, right? Ottawa comes in here tonight. They they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning last night, so it's a back-to-back -back for the Senators. I like Ottawa's money line against the Panthers, plus 200 over to BetGMGM. And I also like the Senators' puck line as well. Um, I think it's a, they're arrested, are the Panthers. I think maybe they come out a little flat like Ottawa, who's, who's playing good hockey, especially after beating Tampa last night. And uh, piggybacking on that Vancouver-Colorado game, I like goals, over six and a half goals in that game. Listen, uh, both teams are high-octane offenses, so give me the Canucks and the Avs over six and a half goals in that one. What else do we got? Let's get to Mario. All righty. All right, I'm going to join you, J-Rod. I am Creighton. Let's just go with it. It's the Blue Jays. All we've seen this year, baby, is the higher seeds on the road get upset at home all the time. UConn looks like Superman. They're flying high. Everyone thinks they're the greatest team we've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But then I think they're going to fall apart against Creighton. I think they're due for a little upset. A little come down from heaven a little bit. So I'll take Creighton on the road. I also look at a little win totals in the NBA. I like the Cavaliers over 54 and a half wins. Um... Look, their up, upcoming schedule, they have Hornets three times. They have the Nets who just fired their head coach, so they're going to be a disaster. The Pistons, they have the Pistons. They're a disaster. Going off All-Star, they have the Magic. Magic suck on the road. They have them at home. Sixers, I'm sorry, Mark. Without Embiid, I don't really trust them that well. And Cavs <laughs> are going to dominate them in the paint. Uh, Wizards, they're playing for draft picks, baby, so shout out to them. They have Mavs at home. I like how they match up with them on the road, actually. I mean, uh, against the Mavs at home. Um, Luca against that defense with all the play, all the defenders they can throw at him. Good luck, buddy. And then they have the Bulls. And the Bulls, how do you say this? The Bulls blow. So since they do that, uh, I think they can stay hot post-All-Star break. I think they go over 54.5 wins. And they really, really, really need that two seed. And they want to force the Bucks to play the Pacers in the first round, baby. So uh, I like that. And Creighton. Now Jake. Yeah, one college baseball today. Uh, I'm going to lay the run line East Carolina against Campbell. Uh, random Tuesday afternoon game, but Campbell's scrappy and they're scary at home, but East Carolina is throwing a senior pitcher who was awesome last year, made 13 starts, and Campbell's going with a bullpen game. I just don't trust that. And the guy that they're starting out of the gate is a D2 transfer who's never faced stars like East Carolina has in their lineup. I think it's going to be a bad mix for them, so I'll take Carolina on the run line. Always a little splash of the ping 
Always, always with Jake Hassan. Always a little splash of the ping there. All right, listen, before we get out of here, I wanted to touch on one thing on college uh, basketball. And, Mark, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Uh, Mario brought up a great point about uh, Kentucky. Listen, they went into Auburn and they, they, they shocked me. They surprised me, not only because they won on the road, but how they just clamped down on Auburn. All of a sudden, you look up, Blue Blood, Calipari, plus 525 to make the final four. Is that something you'd be interested in? I like me some plus 525, but I got to see the seedings. Like, I'm a guy who, like, this early, like, to get into the final four, like, I got it. The path matters so much to me. And I want to see a little bit more of Kentucky before I bite on that because, yes, you know, you can clamp down on a certain team. You can get up for a big game. But playing with that type of defensive intensity, you know, contesting shots in the paint, getting loose balls, doing all the dirty things that you have to do to win and play good sound defensive uh, basketball – can they consistently do that, right? Doing it for a couple games is one thing. Can you do it night in and night out like your Iowa States, like your Houston's? I'm not so sure if Kentucky can. We're going to see. I like that they're playing big, a little more physical underneath. But um, I, to me right now, Kentucky is, is a wait and see. Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's so weird because I think we get caught up and I always have to remind myself of this, especially in college. It's, it's, yeah, it's Kentucky, and and it's impressive these schools that have had long term success with such, yeah. with such churn, right? With such high turnover that it's not, They're it's not back. the same Kentucky team, <laughs> yeah, you know. But but usually it's the coach, right? So you figure the coach, mm-hmm. the system, the way that's what prevails. But it, it always is so kind of weird when you don't see the usual suspects in the tournament, especially like we saw last year with Miami and FAU and San Diego FAU state, is great. you know, UConn is the usual yeah. suspect as well, but you know, that, that was, that was the thing. So you're almost sort of compelled just because of name recognition to see, Oh, Kentucky final four plus five twenty five. Yeah. I'll do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually you do. And it's that, you know, you said that brand recognition, you know, the program, you know, they have coaches, they have history of being able to go far, you know, in the tournament, but you know, you need on the head too. It's different players. But to me, it's like, I think they've found something. Uh, I'm really encouraged. It doesn't mean that we have to go out and bet them right away, right? It means we let, let them see a little bit more, let them continue to play that way. And then, you know, you might get a little bit of a shorter number, but you're still going to get a decent number on them, you know, as we get into the tournament. So I think that's the best way to approach it. Yeah, and um, I'm I'm excited that we we already already talked a little uh, NFL MVP and and I I don't care what you say, Mark. I don't care what I already I, I did it. I did it in the break. Aaron Rodgers, twenty five to one MVP. Look I at mean, you. You know, I did it already. Why not? Why not? What what could possibly <laughs> go wrong? Like he's not gonna hurt himself in the preseason and miss the whole season, right? right <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's it, who knows what's going to go but it's going to be an entertaining ride and i don't the funniest part about last year is is like green bay is the team that people are looking at to go to the super bowl now right yeah i mean jordan jordan love is 16 to 1 is by the, the way to be the nfl mvp right and and by the way for those of you who are, are of the ilk dak 14 to 1 to be the NFL MVP. Is anybody putting any money on Dak Prescott to do anything? Hey, it's maybe a regular season problem? award. So it's a regular season yeah. award. You want good regular season play. You want big regular <laughs> season stats. Dak's your guy. He's great at that. Now, the one thing, and I've been known to, at times, be a hater. I'd love to see 
first coach fired futures. Maybe we'll dig that up uh, coming up the rest of the week to see who's the first one to go because you know Mike McCarthy is sitting square in that. Mark, it's been a pleasure working for you the last couple days. We'll talk to you soon. Chris Mack and I will be here tomorrow and all week. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.